It's Chris Michaels, the lovable fuzzball host of the Last Call podcast. We need to start understanding and looking at how these Democrats and rollover Republicans are manipulating the law, manipulating the law, uh, completely turning it on its head. Everything we look at is inversion, and the law is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. It's actually been weaponized. So the first thing that we obviously have to talk about is Hunter Biden, but I'm not going to talk about that first. Ha ha, talk about inversion, right? I want to go to California first. AB 2098 is a law that was signed in last year, or what is it, two years ago? This is the whole thing during COVID. This is Gavin, Governor Gavin Newsom. God, he's got to get a different name. And so what did this do? It basically did, in California, what was happening all across the country, specifically in Democrat states with rogue Democrat governors. I know what happened in New York. If a physician or a doctor somehow recommended that a patient of theirs should not get the COVID-19 injections, then their license was at stake. Now, the problem with that is that if a doctor loses their license or a physician loses their license, it's not just in the state they lost it in. It's across the country, so they can't practice medicine anywhere they go. So do you think your doctor would have sacrificed that license for you for one little patient, meanwhile, he gets enormous amounts of money, depending upon how what percentage of his patient uh, his patients are actually vaccinated in one form or another, whether it's the COVID nineteen vaccine or if it's the flu vaccine, on and on and on, right? So he's not going to sacrifice, or she isn't going to sacrifice her well being for just one patient, just a handful of patients. When there are so many rubes out there that bought into the whole thing, so Tracy Hogue, medical doctor, PhD, on Twitter, AB two zero nine eight, which threatened physicians' licenses if they didn't repeat the government-approved COVID consensus with their patients, will be repealed. So that's what's important here, because they know how bad this law is, and they can't get around it anymore. Five doctors decided to go after Newsom. Tracy Hogue, Rom Doresti, Aaron Cariotti, Pete Mazalowski, and Azita Katibi. Wow, didn't think I'd figure all those out. Argued that the law prevents them from providing information to their patients that may contradict what the law permits or prohibits. They also alleged that the law was used to intimidate and punish physicians who disagreed with prevailing views on COVID-19. I mean, this is stereotypical, fascistic, big pharma, dictatorial-style policy that these governors were putting into place. It happened in New York. It happened countless other places. And guess what? They pretty much did the same thing with your employers, too. And I wouldn't be surprised, just like doctors, if employers got some form of kickback, whether that's a tax break, whether that's a handout from Big Pharma or the government, if they got a certain percentage of their employees to be vaccinated. I would not be surprised at all if anybody has a good way to request a Freedom of Information Act uh, request, not to be redundant, uh, then that would be something to look into. It'd be a wonderful road to go down. Now, this is the other part of what's going on. These Democrats try to push these laws through over and over and over. And the problem is this, and this is how they work, okay? What they do is they just put into place whatever it is. It doesn't matter if it's unconstitutional. Hello, governor of New Mexico. It doesn't matter if it violates your rights or human rights even, right? It doesn't matter if it 
violates the idea of informed consent when taking an experimental drug, an experimental gene therapy prophylactic, where the trials are still going on out until 2027. Uh, it doesn't matter. They just put it into law. They get it out there. And then by the time the court systems work, which are more than likely aligned with the Democrats and the rollover Republicans, it will be too late. The damage has already been done. And then they say, oh, well, we made a few mistakes when it comes to COVID policy. That's what Newsom said earlier in the week. Hot on the heels was this repeal. And it is uh, provision SB 815 in a September 1st hearing. But not in the bill analysis dated August 21st. The medical board itself didn't mention any such provision in the August 24th meeting. So what are they doing? They slipped it in, right? They want to keep it quiet because they know what they did was extremely illegal. And they can't tell you that because if they did, then they're going to be swamped in lawsuits. That's what's going on here. But that whole process needs to be changed. It needs to stop. We need to start going after the sheriffs. That's where the real power comes in, because the sheriffs are the highest law enforcement uh, body, I guess, uh, in the county. It's even more so than the feds. So if you've got the FBI or the sheriff knocking at your door, you better answer the sheriff. The FBI may have a stand a chance, a little bit, not much, but... The sheriff is the one you have to say, okay, I'll answer the door. So we need to look into sheriffs and sheriff races and who abides by the law, who abides by the Constitution and all that, and start supporting those people. Because these governors and these Democrats, they don't care. They will push their agenda no matter what. Now, who's behind that agenda? That's another thing. From the Epic Times, federal judge again declares DACA program unlawful, but refuses to order deportation. Federal judge in Texas on Wednesday declared DACA is no good. Deferred action for childhood arrivals program. The remaining provisions of the original injunction are to remain in place and are at the applicable to final rule DACA. So basically what happened was is that it provides hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants brought into the U.S. as children with a two-year renewable shield from deportation. So basically what happens is you get anchor babies, and nobody's going anywhere. So as long as you bring in a kid, then forget it. You just do two years, two years, two years. And so the problem with this is obvious, right? All you have to do is show up. And then what they uh, they say, oh, it's, we're, we're becoming enriched. We're enriching these children. We are enriching the dreamers. And no known country on the planet other than the United States can provide such a secure future for these down-and-out immigrants. So this is another manipulation of the law. Yes, DACA is illegal, but we won't do anything to unwind it. Do you see how ridiculous that is? That's like saying, oh, uh, being on drugs like crack and cocaine whilst illegally owning a firearm or in the possession of a firearm. Yeah, that's bad, but we won't do anything about it. That is what I'm talking about here. This weaponization of law. This, and, and when I say weaponization, it could be extremely proactive, like what they're doing with Donald Trump. Or it could be the absence of action, because the absence of action is action in itself. 
absence of action. What are we talking about? We're talking about this DACA ruling, right? It's illegal, but we're not going to do anything to unwind it. Uh, absence of action, the border, right? Absence of action, Hunter Biden. Absence of action, Joseph Biden. All of those things are actions in themselves, but since no action is being taken, it is another weaponization of the legal system, the Department of Justice, the FBI, and so on. There is no rule of law for anyone. There are the elites. There are the Democrats. There are the Senate Republicans. They have one set of rules. And, of course, the billionaires and business owners, those people, they've got a set of rules. And then there's everybody else. It's a big club, and we're not in it. And the big story, obviously, today is Hunter Biden is indicted on federal firearms charges. Now, everybody on the right and the conservatives, they're saying, to, uh, the mainstream conservatives, I should say, which is basically rollover Republicans that don't do anything. They are out there. And, oh, my goodness. It finally happened. We finally got Hunter Biden. And, oh, what a fantastic day this is because we've got him dead to rights. So the problem with this mindset is that it doesn't go far enough. It doesn't even come close to what they could possibly go after him for. Like, I don't know, uh, Hunter pulled in over $2.3 million with a million dollars of that coming from a company he formed with the CEO of a Chinese conglomerate. It took 664000 from a Chinese infrastructure in investment firm, 500000 from a Ukrainian energy firm, which would probably be a uh, Burisma, $70,000 from a Romanian business, 48000 from an international law firm, 666000 from a domestic business interest. That's the stuff we know. In 2018, Hunter Biden made over $2.1 million, according to his plea deal. And guess what? The big guy, Joseph Biden, was probably in on it the whole time. Why was Hunter Biden going to the White House so many times? Why was Joseph Biden on the phone with Hunter Biden and or his business partners over 20 times? How does the firing of a prosecutor in the Ukraine factor into all of this? But we'll just ignore all of that. We'll ignore the over 400 laws that were broken and documented by Marco Polo when they transcribed Hunter Biden's laptop. Just ignore all of those things. We'll only go after these three little counts when it comes to a firearm, even though it could land him 10 years in prison. But as soon as Joseph Biden is getting ready to leave office, then I'm sure that pardon will come screaming through. Do you? This is once again the inaction being the action. And the only reason why these gun charges were brought up in the first place was because the judge that unraveled the plea deal, remember that plea deal that he had? He was going to be exonerated for any crime, even future crimes. There was no way anybody could touch Hunter Biden now in the past or in the future for his crimes. That's what these people tried to do. I suggested that it was a backroom deal between the prosecutors, the government, and the Biden attorneys. They knew what they wanted to do. The prosecutors didn't fight against it. They just tried to send it up the river and see what happened. And the judge caught it and said, uh-uh, we're not going to abide by this anymore. Now, the judge said, 
How could you not bring up gun charges against Hunter Biden? And I expect you to do so by September 29th. So this is why you're seeing this. It's because the judge ordered the prosecutors to do it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have. They would have allowed this plea deal or whatever deal they have, the diversion agreement, I think that's what it's called, to go through to let Hunter Biden off scot-free from the past transgressions to current transgressions to anything he ever did, will or will do in the future. I mean, talk about holy guacamoles. Count number one, in October of 2018, in connection with the purpose of a Colt Cobra 38 SPL revolver, Hunter Biden knowingly made a false statement, certifying he was not an unlawful user of and addicted to any stimulant, narcotic, and any other controlled substance, when in fact, guess what? He was using all of the above. Count number two, October 2018, connection with the purpose of the Colt. Uh, Hunter Biden made a knowingly false statement to a company that sold him the gun, certifying that he was not an unlawful user of drugs. Count number three, Hunter Biden possessed the Colt 38 SPL revolver, knowing that he was an unlawful user of an addicted to and an addict to any stimulant, narcotic drug, and any other controlled substance as defined by U.S. Code, whatever, and so on and so forth. So that's all they got him on. He lied when buying a gun. Oh, I'm not a drug addict. Wink. Touch the nose. No, he's fine. Right? I'm completely sober. I'm as sober as the day is long. I can go into church and be perfectly fine. In fact, if I even go up and get communion, I will be drunk off that wine. That single sip of wine, that's how sober I am. I the these lips, liquor has never passed these lips in at least 40 years. And I'm only 39 years old because my name is Hunter Biden. It's no. That, this is all they got him on. Now, here's where the rub is. Here is where I think they're stacking the deck. And this comes from Technofog. You can go over to his substack, the reactionary. Hunter Biden indicted for gun charges. And he goes through what I just went through. And the problem with this is the diversion agreement. If you recall, he says, back in July 2023, a diversion agreement was reached and signed by the DOJ prosecutors and Hunter Biden's attorney and by Hunter himself. Part of the diversion agreement was an agreement that Hunter Biden would accept responsibility for his tax-related charges, a plea deal which fell through after the parties could not agree on its scope. The diversion further stated that prosecutors would not criminally prosecute Hunter Biden for the gun-related conduct. Yet, here we are, right? They indicted him on the gun charges, even though the diversion uh, agreement, I guess, said they wouldn't go after him for the gun charges. So what's this mean? Here's the issue. With the plea deal failing, that's this is uh, back to Technofog, through is the original diversion agreement still valid? Hunter Biden's attorneys think so. In response to the Weiss's notice to the court that he would seek the grand jury indictment, Biden's attorneys responded that the agreement was still in effect and that Mr. Biden has been and will continue to follow the conditions of the agreement. So that's something to really consider here. Is this diversion agreement valid or not? And if the defense attorneys are assuming it is, do you know what the Department of Justice just did for you? 
they did nothing. The absence of action is the action in this case. If the diversion is still valid, that means that the government already agreed, the prosecutors already agreed, Hunter is going to get off scot-free with anything involving the firearms deal. So did they just bring these indictments forward for the media coverage to say that everyone is equal in the eyes of the law, knowing full well that it will be thrown out on a technicality because behind closed doors, that diversion agreement is still valid, which means the gun charges don't matter. This is what I'd like to find out. Hope against hope that these indictments are something with a little bit of meat to them, and hopefully they go somewhere. But uh, do I really think it'll happen? No, I really don't. And finally, Getz, Matt Getz, uh, tied to some nefarious individuals, by the way, if you do a little bit of digging, including uh, icky things involving children and uh, probably pedophilia, uh, maybe not him directly, uh, but you've got to dig into it and you've got to look at the attorneys he's hired in the past and so on. Um, very, very bizarre stuff. Very, very bizarre stuff. If you, uh, if you scratch the surface of gets, uh, so he is pissed off at McCarthy. Uh, this is the thing. They've had enough file the effing motion. McCarthy melts down after gets threatens removal. So, if you want to file the motion, file the effing motion, McCarthy told GOP colleagues on Thursday. And they criticized him earlier in the week, giving him a list of demands while threatening to bring a motion to vacate McCarthy's chair. So, what the problem is here is that everybody supposedly wants McCarthy to indict, not indict, to bring up the impeachment charges against Joseph Biden. And he is slow walking this crap because... He's on the same side as them. As them, McCarthy is a rollover Republican. We knew that from day one. He's aligned with the senators, the Republican senators, that don't care if Biden stays or goes. They or they truly know that Biden is on their side. They're all on the same side, right? That's the whole gist here. It's a club, and they're in it, but they've got to pretend that they are against one another, but they're not. Think about this. How many times, how quick did it take for Donald Trump to be impeached even after he quote-unquote lost the election? He was still impeached after the election. And we can't get one little impeachment from McCarthy on Joseph Biden despite the mountains of evidence. Just look at Marco Polo and the laptop. Or... Any of the other things that are about to come out. Oh, we're going to hold it off until 2024 and really make the election a hard time for him. Everybody thinks the guy's going to be dead by 2024. What's going to happen then? And I sincerely think that's the plan, too. I think that they've got uh, Biden on so many types of uh, methamphetamines to just to keep him lucid. Uh, for as long as he possibly can be, uh, that once they stop giving him those drugs, then the guy's just going to deteriorate and fall apart, and that'll be the end of it. And then that's what will explain uh, Kamala Harris's bizarre uh, speech saying, oh, yes, I am, uh, 
I am uh, ready to be president. Uh, as vice president, we all have to be ready to take on such a grand responsibility. But don't worry, Biden isn't going anywhere. Yeah, okay. And then you've got the whole deal with, uh, with whatchamacallit, with rumors of Big Mike coming in um, and... And also possibly Gavin Newsom. And I still suggest Hillary Clinton because what a lot of people don't realize is that the Clinton Foundation, they're getting ready. They're doing a big event and even the Pope is going. So please do not count those ghouls out. That's going to be it for me this week. It's the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels. Like me, find me, share me. Remember to be the beautiful, lovable fuzzball. I know you are critical thinkers all, anyone that listens to me, because we've been tired of being speckledorfed. So what we have to do is be the guiding light for all the strap-hanging knuckle-draggers out there that we call our friends.